So we said yesterday that the, the Rebbe Marash, when, when they were rebuilding after the fire, they did not want uh, certain houses to be rebuilt. So the Friedrich Rebbe writes the reason as follows. So the Tzemach Tzedek wrote in his will that after his istalkus, no one, including his sons and grandchildren, should live in his house, even just to visit for a single day. But now that the Tzemach Tzedek's house was no longer standing, because it was burnt to the ground, so the question became whether this directive still stood, meaning, does it still apply if we rebuild the house? On the other hand, maybe it would be permitted because it's a whole new house. Um, so the Marash didn't want to paskin on his own, so instead he sent a letter to a Rav, writing it in third person, meaning, like, um, like as if it wasn't him asking the question, basically. Um, now, it's believed that the reason he did this was because he knew that there's different opinions about how to answer the question, and the Rebbe didn't want the Rav to try to find uh, like a Kula knowing that it's the Rebbe. So he wrote the letter as if it's not the Rebbe. Now, we don't know what, what the Rav replied, but in any event, at that time, the Rebbe, Mash, the Rebbe Marash decided not to build anything on that spot. However, four years later, he decided that it shouldn't be left empty, and he built a hall, like, like a, for eating purposes, for bringings, that covered the entire space where the house once stood. And it was a very large building, um, almost 5,000 square feet, and to make sure that it would never be used as someone's personal residence, or that anyone should even consider that it's their home, he built it without a furnace, which means that for most of the year, to sleep there would be like a sakanas nefashis, because it was so cold. And this hall was used to house the main minion during the month of Tishrei, as well as other times of the year when the numbers of chassidim came to Lubavitch, a large number. So it was basically the tallest building in the courtyard, probably in the entire town. Uh, when it was built, the Rebbe Maharash uh, stipulated that it could also be used for fabrengens and other gatherings. And it was actually used for the wedding of the Rebbe's daughter, Chaimushka, Hardenstein, as well as the Su'uda for the Friedrich Rebbe's Bar Mitzvah. On Tuesday, two days after the Rebbe Maharash sent this letter to Lubavitch with his Gabai, the Hasidim in Odessa heard about this tragedy. The Rebbe's house and the shoe, everything burned down. However, they didn't know that the Rebbe already knew about the fire. And not wanting to inform the Rebbe of the problem until they had some sort of plan, so the Hasidim began to discuss among themselves the possibility of where the Rebbe could stay for Tishrei. And they figured that once they came up with an alternative or two, then they could tell the Rebbe, by the way, the Rebbe's house burned down, the Rebbe might as well stay here for Tishrei, and we have a few ideas. However, before they had a chance to meet together and discuss the situation, the Rebbe instructed his other Gavai, Reb Leivik, to put together a list of Rabbonim and very Choshevah members of Anash, who were then in Odessa. And right away he put together a list and gave it to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe looked at the names and he said, all these individuals are to be here in one hour from now. And because the Rebbe is calling you, so the invited people, it wasn't like they had time to discuss among themselves what the Rebbe is calling us for. 
An hour later, they all entered the Rebbe's room, and the Rebbe greeted them and said as follows, I have received a telegram notifying that the buildings in Lubavitch have burned down, so I decided to spend the month of Tishrei in Kishinev. So Kishinev is now in a country called Moldova. I, I, uh, one of my friends of mine growing up, well, not growing up, but when I was in Smicha, was, was literally lived, he, he was born and lived in Kishinev. Um, so anyways, specifying the names of three Hasidim, he continued, I want you to make the arrangements for this extended stay. We're going to need an apartment as well as a large place to daven over there. And arrangements were made, and the Rebbe arrived in Kishinev before Rosh Hashanah. Anyone know which Schneerson is buried in Kishinev? Rebbe Avram Schneerson, the father of Rebetzin Nechamadina. The Friedrich Rebbe's father-in-law is buried in Kishinev. Anyways, however, not everyone in Kishinev and the surrounding areas were able to dive in with the Rebbe's minion on Rosh Hashanah. So a few days later on Vav Tishrei, they asked the Rebbe to address the Yidin of the city. And the Rebbe agreed to weather, the, the weather that day was beautiful. And a large amount of Yidin of the community joined the Chabad Hasidim, who came to hear the Rebbe speak. And they therefore asked the Rebbe if he would be, be willing to speak in the courtyard so more people could listen. And once again, the Rebbe agreed, and they built a platform very quickly outdoors so that the Rebbe would be able to stand on it and everybody would be able to see and hear the Rebbe speak. Now, the crowd was so large that many people, they were standing on porches and flat roofs that were next to the houses. And some of the younger people even climbed onto trees to, to hear the Rebbe's words better. And the Rebbe started to say a mimer on the, the to speak about the Pasuk, a tefillah for a poor person. And his voice was very loud and powerful. And although they were outside, everybody was able to hear. And the Rebbe Maharash explained, Hashem created the world in such a way that there are people who are givers and there are those who are receivers. This is true in every area, on every level. Hashem gives us what we need, and we receive it. The Shemayim gives us rain, sunshine. The earth receives it. Parents take care of their children. Teachers give skills and knowledge to their students. A person with money gives it to someone who doesn't have money. In all areas of life, there's a giver, the mashpia. And there's a receiver, the Makabel. So since Hashem arranged the world in such a way that the poor person receives what he's lacking from people who are rich, why is he davening and crying out to Hashem? He's going to have everything he needs. What's he worried about? And the answer is that the poor person says, yes, this is all true and correct. This is how Hashem established the world and this is how it must be. But my question is, why do I have to be the poor one and he gets to be the rich one? And he's the one who supports me. Hashem, give me wealth and I will give it to poor people. I will be the giver and let someone else be the receiver. And the Rebbe finished by saying, and the argument of the poor person is correct. He's right. And the Rebbe's last few words had such an incredible impact on the people that were there. Now, during the previous few days, 
the Rebbe was requesting uh, financial assistance from the people in Kishinev for the Yidin in Be uh, Bessarabia, which we said were, they were all kicked out of their homes and stuff like that. But many of them didn't give even close to the amount that the Rebbe asked them to give. However, now they looked at their wealth differently and they all gave generously. And the Rebbe immediately sent off the required funds to the Yidin of the cities, getting rid of the danger. This change of heart, on their part, wasn't a one-time thing. The tremendous inspiration of the moment was a life-changing experience for the Yidin of Kishinev. In fact, these rich people repeated the Rebbe's statement and its lessons to all the surrounding cities and towns, and they too were inspired to start giving tzedakah with an open hand. This goes back to what we said earlier that the Rebbe Maharash, one of the greatest things that he had was that he said a one, two, five, whatever it is, a few, he spoke for a few minutes and it affected thousands of people for years and years to come. Reb Shlema Zalman Zlatopolsky, one of the Rebbe Maharash's outstanding Hasidim, he was one of the three Hasidim that was given the responsibility of making the arrangements for the Rebbe's stay in Kishinev. And he was there when the Rebbe said the Sicha. Years later, he told over this story to the Friedrich Rebbe, describing how everyone there burst out into tears when they heard the Rebbe's finishing words. And he then expressed his wish, if only I would merit to cry with the same innocence on the last day of my life. On that occasion, we saw what the Rebbe can accomplish, even with Yidin who are generally focused on Gashmias things like food. However, there were times when the Rebbe's words did not produce the results he desired. And in such situations, he resorted to other means to accomplish them as we're going to see tomorrow.